For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. One guy who has conversations every week here, or every day on SENZ, is one of our breakfast presenters. You'll know Tony Kemp or Uncle Kempy as they call him. And he is also, of course, a racehorse owner. He owns a share in Just Ask Me. And as part of our Love Racing Ownership Getting to Know Owners segment today, we're going to talk to Kempe not about his rugby league experiences so much, or about his broadcasting experiences, but what it's like to own a horse. Kempe, I know you're not getting paid for this, so good morning and thank you for joining us on a Saturday. <laughs> oh, morning to Mick, morning to Louis. Yeah, no, it's actually nice to have a lion voice um, in the morning and listen to you guys um, talking about all the form and yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the today's racing down in New Plymouth. Mate, uh, I've dealt with a lot of sports people and cricketers, rugby league players, and then probably to a slightly lesser degree, rugby players. Heaps of them love the punt, and heaps of them love the horses. What do you love about it in particular? Owning a share in a horse like Just Ask Me. Well, Mick, it's it sort of I fell into it um, as a. As a matter of fact, because my best mates, Alan Sherrick and Bruce Sherrick, you know, we grew up in a, in a small town about 15 k's from where you're sitting this morning um, called Waitara, and their father, Bob Sherrick, uh, the great Bob Sherrick, was a master horse trainer when I was a kid. Um, and Alan took the reins off him, basically, and, and, and went, went along that, that road of, of training horses himself, and, and I sort of fell into it as a as a owner, because Alan would say, you know, I think I got one for us boys, and and we we'd start dabbling in in a share here and there. But um, the, the, I guess the best thing I like about being in the racing game are, are the people. Um, I'd come home from you know being overseas and spend time with Alan and go and get some collect some hay off some farmers or muck up or travel with them to the races for the weekend and. I got to meet so many good people, some of the legends of the of the racing game, and I and I just felt really part of that family. So, um, you know, every time you go to the races, you you sit down and you're talking to a lot of the old boys and and a lot of the the current uh, new crop owners that are coming through, and nothing really changes over the I guess the the, the thirty odd years that I've been an owner, and and that's one of the the best things about it is is what you see with people in the racing game is what you get. Kimpy, bang on, mate. Great to have you on the program. What a delight it is to hear you on a weekend. Morning, Louis. Hey, I'm in God's land, mate, as you call it, and I've already <laughs> been yelled at by Mr. Sharrick today. Get off the course. We're working horses there. <laughs> so, uh, you know, nothing, nothing's changed. He reckons I'm trying to hide from him. Or I, I'm at, I was at the fancy bars, apparently, but I, I did um, experience Taranaki tourism. Tell me about the, the Naki and the affinity for racing. Mick's asking, you know, the greatest racehorse from the Naki, you'd say either Cinerama or Just Ask Me, but like the, the region and how much it loves its racing as well as sport? Well, there, you know, everyone across Taranaki you know, goes, Alan's got, I guess, relationships all the way around that, that Maunga, you know, that mountain that you looked at this morning is covered in snow, it's it's cold, and, and he travels all the way around there with his owners, and people come. Um, today to Plymouth Raceway um, from all around the, the wider area of Taranaki to, to to get together and have a beer and have a have a have a um, have a bet and and when you've got characters in the racing game such as Alan Sherrick you know um, the Johnny Wheelers uh, you know 
uh, Bruce Sherrick, currently the CEO of the NZR. Um, it's, the, it's those characters that make racing so enjoyable, and a number of people that are, especially in Allen Stables uh, today, are, are good good roosters. You know, that just like catching up uh, together, having a beer, and 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 backing each other when they know that their horse is racing. So, um, I've you know, like I said, I've, I've, I'm pretty close to Alan. I've got a bit of a different relationship than than other owners have with Alan, but um, you know, Alan's so, I guess, approachable and 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 such an old school trainer that you know when you when he talks there, he doesn't min- he doesn't mince his words. He doesn't really care what sort of background you come from or who you are. Uh, he'll give it to you straight between the eyes about you know whether or not you've got a decent chance today or not. And and that's what I really like about him. I remember Laurie, just a, a real quick story. A mate of mine uh, about 20 years ago wanted to get into horses. Um, and Alan said, "Yeah, no worries. We'll, we'll we'll put them into a share." And they got a they got a young yearling, and they they you know it, it became a two year old. They started working him, and Alan said, "Oh, Mac, you know this thing can't run." <laughs> and and I said, "Well, Al, you know, like Chris is he's such a good dude. He probably um, you just need to tell him that." So, and Alan said, "Oh, look, I'm really sorry, but your horse, it's you know not going to it can't run. We're just going to probably sell him to someone who's going to use him as a jumper." And and you know, it's that's the other side of it. You know, not every, as you guys know, not every horse runs, and everyone wants a winner. Um, but I think it's more important that you have a trainer that tells you um, what it's like and how it is, and and gives you a fair dinkum crack at, at ownership, um, and not just say you know, oh, it needs it needs more time, or it needs a bigger spell, or whatever. So, you know, the the people in Taranaki are pretty straight up, Louis. If you're you're asking about it, um, you'll see that today. You know, a lot of the boys there will, will be there um, supporting it. They come from pretty humble backgrounds, uh, but when they go to the races, mate, they they have a they have a bloody good day, and you'll you'll enjoy it. You'll enjoy you'll enjoy the aftermath. Hey, Kempy, question for you. Obviously, you've coached top level footy for the Warriors, so therefore, you're a naturally analytical person. And these days, you're a broadcaster, and to do this job, you need to be analytical because you're always thinking of your next question. How does that work in racing for you? Are you a person who, when Alan rings or if you go to the races or you're talking to a jockey, you're looking to source that information? Or do you say to yourself, I'm enjoying this for what it is and I don't really need to know all the details? Yeah, that's a really that's a really good question, Mick. And, you know, I guess you have sort of different different types of owners that need different types of information um, but I'm a I'm a I'm a very trusting person, and um, what I do um, with my horse ownerships is I trust in Alan everything that he says because he is a master trainer, and he you know it's like him trying to tell me um, that Reese Walsh is probably suited to be a front rower uh, and not a fullback, you know. And there's no <laughs> there's no way in the world that I tell Alan that, you know we need to run him two weeks in a row. You know he's he looked good this week, and why can't we run him in that in that um, that open race up in Rotorua next week, you know. So, uh, I look. I don't phone Alan um, every every week to talk about horses. I phone him to talk to him as a mate and wait for him to throw. And oh, look, your your boy, he's training really well. He's worth a bet this week. I think he's going to go really well if those other horses don't um, put in the, their best effort. We know he's going to come late and he's going to put the pressure on them. And we'll just see how tough those other horses are. That's good enough for me, mate. You know, so. I base my my um, I guess my punt if I'm punting on my horse, which I don't uh, do that often because he's racing for enough um, money anyway. 
um, I base my, my decisions on what Alan says, and and nine times out of ten, he's he's pretty well on the money. So you know, if he, I think um, our good mate Izzy Izzy Dag, he's he's really like Alan coming on the show and listening to what he says because you know over the last especially this this season, he's had a pretty good season. What he said with his horses, um, and if you, I, I don't have Louis Todd back, if we'd backed them all two weeks ago, we would have got a forty-two dollar multi uh, from out of Alan, but. You know, he's, he's pretty on the money. Um, I don't, you know, as you say, I I trust in him because he's a, he's a master trainer in the horse field. And the same with him, if he wants to talk rugby league, uh, he'll ask for an opinion. He won't say this is what they need to do. No, it's so fun, Kimpy, like having a trainer that understands the punt and like truly and, you know, kind of um, brings in the owners as a, as you say, like kind of takes the curtain back on not just the training side, but hey, here's a time to have a bet. Here's not a time to have a bet. And just straight up honesty. I love it, mate. How you going, Kimpy? You, um, how was last night, mate? You know, a bit of a social. Joe's a bit slow this morning. He's got a bit of a croak in his voice. Why would that be? Uh, oh, mate, he was on fire too. Like, he was knocking him back like they were going out of fashion. I know he's got a big night in Wellington tonight down there on the date. Um, Joseph, you were sorry, not. He was he, 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 a bit dusty today. I left him in Kez. I didn't even say goodbye, boys. I snuck out because it was starting to ramp up about Hubbard State. And uh, I thought I'll, you know, I'll leave the youngins to it. But <laughs> mate, it was a good night, obviously celebrating our, our first year as a, as a radio station. Um, good place down at the Cav. Now, I don't know how it ended up, Louis, I've got to say, so I'm not surprised that he's a bit slow on it today, Joseph. He was pulling that, that melon of his up with um, some good pulsner on it. Well, Kempi, I can tell you how it ended because Joe, is, as I say, I think Joe's about 13. He looks about 28 today. So if he stays in this radio station for another year, he'll be about 45 by the time we get to 2023. Hey, Kempi, thanks for joining us this morning, mate. And look, I've got to ask this question. I actually had... Grant Fox last week, I was doing some all-black work in Wellington, and I asked him this question, the reason I ask it is because people love this stuff, so I'm going to ask you, it's got nothing to do with racing. I asked Grant Fox who the best ever all-black he played with was. So I'm going to ask you, I'm sure you've been asked a thousand times before, who's the best league player you played with? Oh, mate, it's the best The best Kiwi that I ever played with was a guy by the name of Kevin Edel. Um, he he, we basically started playing against those other at a tournament when we were 14 and we went through all the age groups together playing in the centres for, for New Zealand junior teams and then went on to play club and internationals um, at the same time and I, I'd never been I guess beside a guy since the age of 14 that um, just would destroy teams on his own, you know, he was he was big, fast, he was Mate, he was like a he was like a group one stallion, you know, um, jumping out of the gates every time he ran onto the football field, and he could gallop like a horse too, mate. He was he was fast, he was big and strong. I don't know if you know, Mick, but the beast. I know people say when you when you, these days they hear all that they call the beast, they they put money uh, days name to it. But the original uh, nickname of the beast came um, when Kevin uh, Edel hit the premier scene up here in Auckland, and then went into the New Zealand team. So that's where that that name come from um, and he was he was a beast on the football field and um, I had the privilege of playing with him for so many years we ended up being his best man at his wedding and, and people ever ever ask me like who was the best you ever played with I, I always say look my best mate Kevin Irie but I was just so privileged to play outside him and, and, and alongside him at club level as well and um, mate, I, would have, I, I had to mark him a couple of times uh, at club level and yeah it was a bit of a battle I poke his eyes when I could so he couldn't see the ball because the only problem he had was he had he had hands like a digital watch you know so he did he did drop the ball a fair but 
So if I got into his eyes, um, it made it harder. Tell you a funny story, <laughs> Kevin Ira. I played, I play over 35 rugby in Auckland for GPRC, which is a famous team in Auckland because they didn't lose for like seven years. We once played a team against where Kevin Iro and Tony Iro were the centres in, in a game of rugby, over 30s rugby. And this is what a gentleman he is. He deliberately played at about 30% speed. So if someone did something annoying, he would flatten them. But on the whole, if he was yeah. running at someone my size, he ran at about 30%. He ran into you softly enough that you could tackle him so you could tell people you'd tackled Kevin Iroh. And Tony was the same, <laughs> but they didn't do anything too smart-ass. And then they get bored and they would have a backflip pass or something called and you go, oh, God. But they were actually really good about it. They didn't turn up to say, hey, we're champions, look at us. Both the Iroh boys were really cool about it and played to the limits of the game around them. So it was a little bit like playing tennis against Roger Federer and Roger playing with both his arms tied behind his back. But that's the sort of mana of the people you're talking about. So, Kempi, thank you for joining us this morning. Mate, good luck with your horse today in the Openaki Cup. Yeah, come on, the jam. Get us home. Hey, just on there, the Iroh boys, they don't mind a pump either. Um, Max, so you should get them on the show. <laughs> They're not bad at it either. Hey, hey we're, we're always keen yep. for new talent on the show. Thanks for joining us this morning, Thanks, mate. Um, that's good courtesy of Love Racing, loveracing.nz slash ownership. If you want to know anything about ownership, it's easy stuff. Here's the simplest tip you need to know about owning a horse. If you want to get into a horse, find a trainer you like the most. Ring the trainer. Say, I want to get into a horse. Trust me, they will take care of the rest. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.